0: Guys, today we have some super fire on Design Huddle and we have just the right person to drop enough knowledge on us to put it out. So guys, before we introduce him, we're going to give you guys a little bit of background on who we have on the show with us today. So to begin, this man is a digital marketing strategist with over a decade of experience helping SMBs, nonprofits, and Fortune 500 companies find success through online marketing, he's launched over 250 websites for small and medium businesses without touching code at his award winning boutique agency 54. On top of that, he helps teach over 3,000 students and entrepreneurs in his online course, The Web Design Accelerator, how to launch a profitable web design agency from anywhere that has the Wi Fi. And if you're not hip enough to know what that is, the Wi Fi. And if that's not impressive enough, in just the last two years, he's built over three e-commerce businesses and sold them from scratch. And he runs one of the top financial literacy blogs for urban millennials, Black Wallet, that reaches over one million unique visitors. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming to Design Huddle the digital marketing expert, financial guru, and process creation king, John D. Saunders how you feeling my man
1: yo what is going on man I gotta say dude that's like the most epic intro I've ever heard kudos man (laughs) you definitely have the voice for radio so awesome stuff man thank you for having me thank you
0: for sure we we have a master of his own craft here on design huddle and I'm super excited to uh, have some of his time today to uh, really dig in deep into how he's able to do what he does so first question we got are you prepared
1: I'm ready, baby. I'm ready.
0: This is a two-part question. Okay. I heard you only wear black short T-shirts. Is this correct?
1: (laughs) Dude, you're like the third person that said that to me, man. Listen, I am a a minimalist, man. I wear, like, pretty much the same thing every day. I have, like, literally 12 of these shirts.
0: Guys, this is actually how we met up. We just, we were, somehow we were shopping online. We realized that we wear only the same color, black, and this is how we got connected. But, uh, no, honestly... (laughs) Besides being Team Black, um, and that's in shirts, guys. I don't want to hear any anything else. No, um, let, let I, I'm really very intrigued by how much you do, how much you're capable of being done, or how much you're capable of getting done with just a very small team and you're very efficient. So I really wanted you on today so you can it, help us understand as creatives the process side, the business side, and um, really just what it is you do. So, okay, that was a lot. But let's begin how you started your creative journey. Let's just begin there. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So this started, I was around 19. I was still in college, uh, living on campus, close to here in South Florida where I live. And, um, you know, I I got interested in, in web design. So my mom, she was a teacher and she liked doing tutoring on the side, usually in the afternoon after school. And I found out about this platform called WordPress. And again, I'm 33, so this is 19. So this is probably like 13 years ago. And so um, I I watched a few YouTube videos, took a few online trainings. I was like, I can build my mom a website, maybe throw some flyers around and get someone to contact her. So built that out in probably like a couple of weeks. Again, I was fresh into it. So I had to learn how hosting worked, how design worked, how branding worked. Ogilvy on advertising was the first advertising book I ever read. And I just fell in love with copy and and the design aesthetic. Yeah. And I wanted to be able, as a creative, I wanted to be able to marry that with tech. And so it was almost a perfect thing for me. So I built that website out for my mom and instantly she started to get leads and contact forms came in. I'm like, dude, I just built this for my house through a thought. I took a yeah. thought and made it something tangible online and was able to to help my mom monetize her business. And so that's when the spark went off in my head when I was like, I'm just going to get my college degree and I'm going to work in, in digital. And I originally wanted to be a copywriter like David Ogilvy, But as you know, with the digital landscape, I had to be able to marry that with some type of marketing strategy and marketing online. So yeah. I ended up getting a job at a bank after school, worked there for about three years. And while I was there, I tried to get into the marketing department. It's a, a defunct bank down here called Bank Atlantic. Uh, I didn't get in the marketing department, dude. I was trying so hard to get a job because I had done two internships at an agency. Uh, ultimately an agency took a chance and hired me this young, hungry marketing kid. And when I got there, I was just writing HTML, very basic HTML and CSS. And then I was doing social media. And that's when I was able to catapult because I was working at an agency. We were working with brands like Audi and Range Rover. And so I started to focus on design, web development, and SEO and build myself into the marketing director. And then Mm -hmm. Four years in, I decided to branch out and do my own thing, which was about five years ago when I started Five Four Digital. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I haven't looked back since, man. So that's kind of the gist of my story. I don't know if I jumped over anything, but I hope that's a good overview to kind of get an idea of who I am.
0: That No, that's a very good... You set the stage for a lot of... You, there's not a lot of rabbit holes we can hop into. I would love to talk about the what it was like for you in college, and then talk about the gap between you've now left college, you understand that you have to not just have a, you know, develop, you can't just build things, you also have to do like the marketing side, you have to understand how that works. And obviously, you had two internships at an agency and understood that you needed to have that marketing side to build the sort of knowledge that you knew you needed to have in order to build the life that or the skill sets that you knew you needed to have. So can you talk about how you were able to gain this, this knowledge? First off, internships how are you able to because a lot of our listeners are in that you know they're still in college they're trying to figure out um how to reach out to people how to position themselves to gain the skills that they want so could you talk about that that journey really quick absolutely absolutely so
1: the way i got internships was through the school and i was in the marketing advertising design kind of realm yeah. So they found me, my first internship was, at, it was pretty dope, actually. It was an advertising agency that specialized in movies. And as a oh, big fan geez. of cinema, it was here in South Florida where anytime there was like a big release, they would have like a pre-release party or a pre-release event where yeah. people could watch the movie. And you know, as moviegoers, you get to kind of see the movie maybe three or four weeks before it came out. So we get all the collateral and we literally have to ship it out. So while I was there, I didn't get to delve that much into marketing. It was more so busy work. But yeah. I did take time to go to the marketing director, to go to creative director and just ask questions. That was the biggest thing I, I did. And then just creating value on the front end and saying, hey, what can I help you with? What do you need done? Whatever you need done, I can do. Um, and, and just becoming that person they could go to if they were in a rush or they needed something to get done. And so it's almost becoming value based on the front end and saying, hey, I'm the person you can come to if you need anything uh any any help and then the second internship i did which was at uh the first one was at allied advertising second one was at mad for marketing where um i just the creative director he was just a super humble dude i actually still work with him to the day shout out to roly rodriguez and he's just an amazing creative director and designer and dude i would spend as much time as possible in his office just like hey what can I do? Or, Hey, what programs do you think I should learn? Just learning as much as I can and absorbing as much as I could back then. And then just reading a ton of books. That's probably the biggest intro to that. And then just doing test projects, right? Just working on projects that I had ideas for. I know a lot of designers implement this strategy now where they'll do like a redesign of a popular logo or popular design, um, or even look at pentagram and redesign one of their logos. So it's it's really just about one creating that network and talking to as many people in your circle as, as you can. Yep. And not even thinking about the monetary gain yet, but just the knowledge that you can obtain to then further your career.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm like, you tied it up pretty nicely. And just adding a couple of things, because I was on a couple of calls with certain people today, and all you have to do is ask. Position yourself as somebody of value that you are not going to take anything that, but you're adding value. Network with the correct people, spend time with those potential mentors. And work on things that you're inspired to work on if it were a job. So those passion projects, those side things that you would like to work on but haven't been asked to. So just summarizing what you just said, don't wait to be asked. Ask yourself, position yourself, and make what you want. Thank you for giving us a little bit of that of, about that. So hopping into, man, I really, I'm a, guys, I don't think you guys understand. I am ready to, I just took one of, uh john's live webinars what was it last week yeah and he he has me asking myself so many questions so i'm not we're gonna have a uh this is a, still a podcast i won't ask all my questions but i think this is going to be very valuable for you guys so how in the world were you able to and still able to create all those e all the e-commerce platforms that you've built from scratch sold run five four digital in addition to have your own course teaching 3,000 students. How does this happen? Just run us through this.
1: I'm, I'm, one of those, I'm one of those people, man. I have an idea and I just, I love to run with it. The, the great thing about being in digital or, or design or just being in this industry is that we can implement ideas pretty quickly. I mean, if yeah. you've read Eric Rye's book, this, um, The Lean Startup, I'm not saying to open up and start every business idea that you have, but it's a lot easier. The, the point of entry is a lot cheaper and it's a lot easier to do now that we have this, this internet platform. Right. So for me, creating standard operating procedures or or step-by-step processes within the business really started for me, I'd say about three and a half years ago, because before that I was doing a lot of work myself. And again, man, it gets overwhelming, right? You're working 14, 16, 18 hours a day. There's not really much life balance. Um, And then the the switch that really put me into gear was when my wife got pregnant. Mm. So I have a two-year-old now, my wife got pregnant and I'm sitting there like, dude, I can't work 14 hour days now. I, yeah. you know, I want to be able to pick my son from school. I want to be able to hang out with him and spend time. And so as soon as I found that out, that's when I started to initiate or create these SOPs. And again, All right, let's
0: pause there. Defining of SOP. I probably you're probably about to get to it. But what is because I'd be like, soup. He spelled soup wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. like this. <laughs> What, it, what, is, what is an SOP for those who are listening? So an SOP is a standard
1: operating procedure. So these are the specific tasks and things you do within your business that you create a system for and be able to delegate that system. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, you can't do that in design. You know, you have to be able to have an idea and an overview over the aesthetic and you can still have that. It's just more so empowering yourself and your team your remote team independent contractors with all the tools that they need to create or or complete a task so for example when it comes to design let's say you're doing a brand identity for a client that brand identity you have a a regimented step-by-step breakdown right it's 10 pages it has to have the vision it has to have the fonts it has to have the typefaces the icons all these specifics now you can create a step-by-step process of saying, hey, once the logo is done, drop it on page one, three, and seven. Make sure that the kerning is done. So you can put these kind of tasks in place to delegate um, items, and you can still be creative director or still have um, an oversight over everything. It's just making it easier so you can give that to someone else. So in my case, I was like, okay, we do a lot of web design, we do a lot of SEO, we do a lot of content marketing. Yeah. That's when I was like, I need to create a process for all of these. And then I can hire either virtual assistants, independent contractors that I can pay very um, affordable rates to to help me delegate those tasks. And then I can free up more time to focus on big picture.
0: So could you give us an example of how you or how someone would delegate design? Like, could you like, for example, actually, I can't even make the example because I don't know how to do it. So how would you (laughs) how would you start the delegation of, Okay, you got a client, right? you now have to somehow get somebody else to worry about the web design. What, what tasks do you find you delegate? And what tasks do you keep for your own when working with website clients? Great question. Great question.
1: So within design, a lot of times with design, you might do a brand discovery session with a client, right? And in that brand discovery session, you'll ask questions about what their vision is. What are they looking towards in the future? And you're also going to ask who are their competitors? or who are their mm-hmm. top competitors, or what are brands that they have an affinity toward or that they like. Yeah. And so with that being said, you can create a process around them doing that competitive analysis or research for you and putting that in a document. So for example, let's say you do the, you do the brand discovery with the client, which you'll usually do yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have, all, you have seven or eight competitors that are killing it in the space that they want to emulate. Now you're going to put that in a doc, and you're going to have a virtual assistant, which you can pay, you know, four to six dollars an hour to go in and answer maybe 10 to 15 questions about each competitor. So on the front end, you're creating a Google sheet and you're putting in the questions that you want them to answer. And then they're going to go and do that action. So, for example, if the competitor is FedEx, you're going to find out, OK, what fonts are they using by using a Google Chrome extension? What colors are they using in the font? Where, who created the, the brand? So it's more so creating a front end process for that. And then being able to give that step-by-step checklist to a virtual assistant, to someone to to develop or or create. Another way to do that in design is, let's say you're trying to get new clients. Uh, What you could do is you can automate outreach. So you can have them say, hey, I want you to find businesses that have five to 15,000 followers on Instagram that are in the food industry located in San Jose State. So now they'll go and they'll Google search. They'll look and see how many Instagram followers they have. They'll look and see if their their design and their aesthetic is choppy. And then you can send an email where you're talking specifically about that brand with one sentence that you change and then have everything else pretty much automated and have them send that on your behalf. So there's so many different tasks. Anything that's mundane that you don't have to necessarily think through the process, you can delegate. Now, when it comes to the overall aesthetic, the look and feel, that's probably something you'll want to take on yourself, but in regards to a lot of the tasks that just take up a lot of your time and are super consuming, then then you can definitely delegate that.
0: We got you. So what are so, some, well, you actually might've just answered it right there. Cause this is something I still have to do myself. Like there's constant, and it's always changing. It's never, it's never the same. There's tasks that I do. And then I have to sit down and be like, well, can somebody else do this? Right. I think that's extremely important. That's an important exercise to do. Like what, can what am I what is the one thing that I am super if there was no me what would not happen (laughs) and (laughs) and these other tasks that are very time consuming who else can do them so is that the exercise you would prescribe to somebody trying to create SOPs is that what
1: I would do is try to create a system within your business just for yourself so for example a lot of times, when like agencies bring on a new project, that they might do it differently each time. Yeah. When you create an SOP, even if it's just you know you're a freelancer or you're on your own, now you have a step-by-step checklist. So, for example, with Asana, right? For Asana, which is a task management system, we all use like Trello or Monday or or Basecamp. Um, yeah. What you would do is you would itemize that process. So, if you're doing, let's say, um, a logo design for a client, you have your step-by-step every single thing that you do within that process. Break it down so much that you can hand it to someone on the street and they, they could in, in initially like complete it. And the main reason you're doing that is because you're thinking of ways to make that a list so that you can delegate certain aspects of it. So you might not be able to take the whole thing and give it to someone else, but yeah. maybe they can do, like I said, the competitive analysis, or maybe they can go and find specific websites where you could find uh, content that you might need. So it, it's thinking in that way of, how can I make this a process? Be able to perfect it and then delegate it to someone else to complete. Got you. How do you know
0: you perfected it? Because I know that, and you get it too. You even on your webinar, you made sure to basically address this. How can somebody consistently understand that? You know, it's not make once and and leave it. What what is your? What is your process with these SOPs? How do you go about refining? I I
1: honestly, I work with the individual that's completing the tasks and I see and I ask them questions. I say, how is the process for you? Is there anything that you're missing? Based on the questions they're asking, I'll go back and I'll look at the SOP and I'll provide it with them. And I know everyone's not getting a visual of what that technically looks like, but essentially it's a one cheater with the step-by-step breakdown of what's needed to get done. And then also a video training, which is a screen cap of me completing the task. So um, I'll go back and I'll edit that and I'll keep that on file so I can go back and edit the video and make changes and, and do all of the information that's, that's, that's done. It's, it just shows you basically how to outline each process.
0: I love it. And guys, for those of you guys who are like, Brandon, why the fuck you guys have, why, why are we talking process right now? Like I am, I'm not even joking when I saw, like I, I, I peeped at what John was, was working on. And I was like, Oh, agency. Like I, I was like, all right, cool. He got, he wears black shirts every day. I dig it. And then I dug deeper, and I was like, Holy, sh- this man has is not just doing an agency. He's doing so much. um, So lean. And um, this is why I want like things like a lot of us designers or who are in the creative space. We say we can't delegate design. Um, but we can delegate somebody cutting out images or assets. Like that's something that we have to deal. Like there's even like,
1: even like, um, so for example, today we're doing a web design for an IT company. And so we have like, uh, we have this subscription to these icons and I found about 400 icons that I really like. And I'm like, I love these designs. Can you find one for each of these titles? And there's like 40 different titles. So instead of me going and seeing, okay, this one is art and art icon, I can use that for this. I can use this icon for this. I already have the icon set that I want to use. So the, the aesthetic is already shared. And now yeah. now my designer will go in, he'll download the PNG, he'll change the color so it corresponds to the color code on the website, and then we'll get that uploaded on the site. Um, another example, email blasts, right? If you have email blasts that are almost templated, you can have someone update that anytime you're doing a new blog. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many possibilities, especially within the design aesthetic. The thing now it's, you know, what digital designers is they could, I mean, there's, there's just so much that that's possible. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting yeah. excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, this is good. And I, I really, I really do like this. Ye- yesterday. Uh, we have a podcast coming out on next Monday, somebody talking about purely passive income and he runs a very, very high up there design blog when it comes to logo design and, uh, tools for designers. And, I love it because you're next in line for the next week talking about how to automate all this stuff. And so tell us, let's let's seg- segue here a little bit because we can get really nerdy with the SOPs. Um, guys, seriously, if you're right here, it's probably, I can't see the timestamp, but it's around like 20 minutes into this conversation. Um, yeah, 21, damn, I'm good at math. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, y'all know the rest of the design huddle episodes. Uh, but definitely check out, are you making your that SOP webinar a larger thing? Is it? Are you? Well, I just a, what I did was
1: I turned the webinar into a video, never. and then right. I added all the files and all the documents and links. So yeah, you you can ju- check out the site. And you can you can go get it. I'll, I'll share the link with you so you can give it. Yeah, I'll we'll put that
0: in the show. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, Definitely check bitly, it out.
1: It's bitly slash SOP Mastery, all lowercase. Yes,
0: and in that webinar, he talks about. Well, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to say in that webinar, John talks about (laughs) how to
1: set up your content marketing
0: uh, strategy, how to set up
1: your social media strategy, all things that designers and digital um, components that you'll need to get it done. Because again, it'll, it'll start. The main thing I want this course to do is become a template for you to create your SOPs number one, and two, get your mind moving in regards to, Oh my God, I can make this an operating procedure and I can get this off my plate. And when you start seeing tasks get completed in Trello without your direct input,
0: that's when you really start to see you get your time back. Yeah, 100%. And you also have some pretty good templates in there as well that keep, just have our our brains churning with all kinds of things that we can potentially do with that. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. Let's talk about, because this is the stuff that I'm personally interested in. As you know, I have an initiative. Hey, guys, this is a little surprise for you, me and Ryan just finished the design huddle website um it's not live but it well it's live but you could just you guys can't see it anyway <laughs> i want to know the reasoning you started black wallet i know you talk a lot about financial literacy you have a whole bunch of uh you had a post yesterday on instagram talking about your top mentors in several different spaces and how did you decide to open up uh black Wallet? I mean, when I was younger, I was really bad with money, bad with credit, bad with everything,
1: because honestly, we didn't, we're not taught that in school, right? Yeah. And so about two years ago, I was on NerdWallet, which is a financial literacy blog. I was on um, Penny Hoarder, which teaches you how to, like, save. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, dang, I mean, there's no one... There's nothing like this for, like, the urban millennial, like, for me, like, from my perspective. And so I was like, well, we have the agency. I have a content writer on staff. We have a designer developer. Why don't we just make it ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> so we literally... Jumped on WordPress, created the blog, and then I created a process where all the content you see on Black Wallet is is written pretty much by our content writer. And that's all because I've delegated the specifics of that. And I can go into that as well. But ultimately, um, I just created it because I, I felt there was a need. I wasn't really looking to monetize it. I wasn't really looking for, you know, any financial gain from it. I just wanted to do my part. And so in the past two years, it's just, you know, it's grown exponentially. We get tons of views probably 15 to 20,000 visits per month. Um, And then we have, we reach about a million people per month via Instagram and our social media platforms as well. And it was just, I saw a need and I figured I would get it done and and, and help folks um, just learn and and, and adapt to to, to create generational wealth essentially. And so all I do is I just get the facts and I put them on the website. I don't say, hey, this is the credit card you should choose or hey, this is what you should do. I say, hey, there's life insurance, Opportunities out there. Here's how you can get it done, and I just try to make it fun and engaging, so it's not like just the boring cookie cutter financial jargon.
0: I really, I really do dig that. Have you, and again, out of curiosity, has any, have any of your clients ever found Black Wallet first and been like, "Yo, John, can you and your team build something like this for us?" Or, uh, yeah, has that ever happened? Or
1: absolutely, man, it's crazy, dude. Like, so I've gotten at least a dozen clients from Black Wallet. It's really become something where that's where people find me. And then they kind of like, I guess, do a little bit of research and see that, I'm, that I own an agency. And it's been great for that, man. And it's, it's honestly, it's probably one of the best case studies I have because I'm able to test ideas and different things that I have on it. And I'm able to grow it and scale it. And now it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's cash positive every month. And it's just, it's great. It's, a, it's literally a passive income stream. So for me,
0: it's a win-win that's absolutely absolutely excellent the reason i ask that is a lot of all the people that we have on design huddle they have created something crazy or something that puts them on the map and they get that it was awesome for them but also it brought a lot of other cool opportunities as well so guys who are listening like we're just not on here talking about oh just make cool design shit like actually (laughs) like don't just recreate dribble shit just for the fun of it obviously that is that is a means to an ends and that's sharpening your design skills to get seen and hired in that capacity this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Here we're talking about John's created multiple, not just Blackwallet, three other e-commerce businesses from scratch, built something, sold them. But also these are case studies that Prove that not only is he able of building things for others, he's able and capable of building things for himself. And that's been very plentiful, plentiful for him. So just wanted to put that case in point there. So go out, build some shit and make sure it's in alignment with what you want to actually
1: do. Exactly. Because ultimately your agency almost becomes like the, the catalyst that funds all of your ideas. Right. So for me, man, like next year, I want to launch my my mobile gaming studio with. I want to I want oh, to launch shit. like our first like side scroller. Yeah, man, I have so many ideas and things that I want to implement, and the agency just allows me allows me to do that. So, um, it's it's one of those things where, as a designer, you can create whatever you want, you know. So own your skills and and perfect and do an amazing job for your clients, so you get paid and they love you and you get more clients, and then based on your needs and wants you know, scale back or say, hey, I'm taking a few of these projects off or I'm, I'm increasing my cost so I can work on my own passion projects as well.
0: That is insane. This is, guys, we're getting news straight from John DS <laughs> himself. <laughs> I know that's insane, man. So is this something that's happened straight out of 20, like early 2020 or is this mid? Like what, what quarter are we talking? It's probably going to be,
1: I'm, I'm going to say like third quarter, third quarter next year, because making a game is, is, is a lot of work, man. And, um, you know, we're probably going to build it in, in, unity. And so it's, it's going to be a side scroller, really simple, but I, I finally found a, um, a designer that I really like. It's going to be like Sprite, like design, you know, Metroid 16 bit yeah. graphics, very, uh, very old school. Uh, there's a game that I've been following on Twitter that looks amazing. It's called Berserk, Berserk Boy. I don't yeah. know if you guys check that out. It's pretty awesome what they're doing, but, um, ultimately, man, it's just having ideas and, and being able to implement them and finding the resources to do it.
0: Let's talk about that for for a little bit, because a lot of people will be like, I have a great idea, but I don't know how to do any of the things that you just said, finding the resources, um, knowing where to go, etc. Like all those different things could be blind spots for a person. So how do you when you do have an idea, how do you go about actually executing it? And, And I think this is probably a learning curve at some point. Right. I think just like we were saying in the in the beginning, it takes the understanding of knowing that we can just ask asking gets us to if not through a door gets us to finding the correct door right finding somebody who knows where the door is at and i feel like especially with a lot of the conversations i have with uh you know people trying to initiate their first initiative i don't (laughs) but uh they and even for me sometimes i forget i can ask i can send an email I can figure out who does X Y and Z and even if they, I figure out that they don't somebody else that they know could do the thing that I'm looking for. Is do you how do you feel about that? Did you feel like you had to kind of understand that you were able to ask and then now that you know you kind of can figure out who you need?
1: The the first thing I'll usually do is I'll do like a a detailed search on on Google. So yeah. there's a there's a plugin called Keywords Everywhere on Google, which is a Chrome extension. And what it will do is it will serve up keywords that are similar to what you're searching for. So if I search for, you know, how to create a mobile game or how to create a size growing game, yeah. I'll look at a few videos, I'll get acclimated, I'll spend some time, maybe like a week or so, just understanding how the process works. Yeah. And then what I'll do is I'll create a list and I'll say, okay, here's the things I need for uh, to set up my game. I need to pick a platform I want to design it on. We need to uh, create the, the game art. We need to do the level. So I'll break it down into a list And then, and here's here's another idea for an SOP, for example, Um, I had our our, um, virtual assistant, I wanted to get 50 to 75 pixel designers, which is a very specific type of designer. Um, So I, I gave her a search to look for on Twitter. And I said, these are the sprites or the kind of design that I'm looking for. And then she goes, and then I create a Google sheet that has their first name, last name, their email and their website link or portfolio link and then she'll go in and she'll find all those people and add that to the doc. So if I do that on a Monday, I wake up on Tuesday, the doc is done, and then I can just go in and look at their portfolios and see which one I like. So that, okay. kind of, that, that shortens the time a lot. So it's more so about finding, making a list of the things that you want to do, and then facilitate the things that take a lot of time. So you can just look at the overall big picture, and then um, being able to ask and do outreach just like you said based on value and so when i approach anyone i'll say hey i just wanted to let you know that there's xyz on your site i'll be happy to fix it for you for free um can i you know i'd love to get on the phone to chat or talk or discuss keep in mind you know i'd love to ask you one or two questions regarding yz you know yeah or you give them the means to complete it themselves so if i see a broken link on someone's website I'll email them and say, hey, you guys have a broken link on your website. Here's a quick way to fix it. If you don't have time, um, you know, we can either hop on a quick five-minute call and we can do it there, or you can you know, send me the credentials and I can do it for you. It's just there's so many different ways, but I always start with something like a value-based proposition to give them something without necessarily looking for anything in return, but just being able to get on their radar
0: and understand that we can create and cultivate that, that relationship. I dig that. And this keyword everywhere thing, I want to ask, how involved with all your, um, with Black Wallet, with these three other e-commerce businesses, I'm kind of backtracking here because I've been hearing a lot about this keyword everywhere uh, plugin for Chrome. How in-depth are your SEO strategies? Like for somebody who actually wants to rank on Google for one of their side projects or uh, whatnot, first question is this, was SEO highly involved in these three e-commerce businesses that you sold? No.
1: It was a lot of content marketing, a lot of social media okay. and email. So okay. SEO, again, is an important component. It's it, it's changed a lot. It's not necessarily, oh, create a page, optimize it, and then you'll rank. It's more so fully encompassing in regards to digital marketing. So I think content marketing, creating consistent blog content, social media and shares, all these components tie into your organic SEO. So the best thing a designer can do is put out quality content on a consistent basis, based on a content schedule, and then being able to get that content on great platforms. So one quick, I'll give you a quick SEO tactic that anyone can implement. There's a website called Quora, Q-U-R-O. Sorry, Q-U-O-R-A, which you can, which is an answer, uh, question and answer platform. Yeah. So the way it works is people go on there, they ask questions, and then they get answers from professionals. So what you could do is you can create a Quora account, and go on there and see what questions people are asking. For example, in the design realm, hey, what's better, Figma or Sketch? Which one do you guys prefer? Adobe XD. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, exactly. Adobe XD, which is phenomenal by, by the way, man. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> so what you could do is you can create content based on the questions people are asking. So look at the popularity of the question because it'll tell you how many people have tagged in on Quora. And then you create your content around that. And then what you do with your content is you take a snippet of it and go back to Quora and answer that question with a full link to your full piece of content. So that's one way to get a nice quality. There, there are no follow links, but it's great to have links coming from Quora. And so mm-hmm. it's really just about getting your content out there on a consistent basis on the right platforms. One of those being okay. Quora, you have subreddits, uh, you have Facebook groups. there's so many different re- um, uh, mechanisms. And then just the basic SEO components. Making sure you have the title and meta descriptions on your website. Make sure that any images you upload on your website have the right alt text or title. Because if you're uploading your images that says "wxxx39973.jpg," you're not really going to get any type of rank juice from that. But if you're, if it yeah. says "sketch file for plumbing website.jpg," if someone's searching for that on Google, that you know your image might pop up. So. It's, it's just doing those things consistently, and, and that's really going to help with organic SEO because you can get technical with SEO, but again, that's very expensive, very time-consuming. And with content marketing and social, it's almost instantaneous, right? Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the other side, that that uh, expensive side piece, because at one point I got super nerdy with SEO, and there's like a whole dark web lo- side thing to this. And I'm only asking out of, uh, out of what your thoughts out of it. Are you, you're familiar with a PBN, a public yeah. blog? Okay. Is that shit even worth it? Now?
1: It's not, man. It's,
0: it, it's, it's,
1: that's when you start getting into like black hat SEO, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and nowadays the, the Google, the algorithm is so smart now. Honestly, it doesn't even benefit to, to do that. The the best thing you can do in regards to SEO is again, consistent content and then backlinks, getting backlinks from quality websites, linking back to your website are the best bet. And you can do that by doing blog roundups, outreach to others and, and getting um, links shared on their content. And th- 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 that's the best bet, especially if you, you, because once you get technical into SEO, again, it's, it's one of those things where it can take a lot of time. It can be super consuming and, and there can be an algorithm change
0: that can yeah. ultimately affect your organic traffic. Got you. So what is pl- a blog roundup? What what is that
1: so blog blog roundup is is like so if I do like what I did on Instagram yesterday when I was like, oh, these are my ten favorite people to follow on Instagram, you basically tag that person, link out to them, and then you provide information on what they had, so it could be a quote, it could be information that they provided and and more and so you're creating almost this long form blog with other people's content so um oh. on uh let me let me see on black wallet we did a an article it had like probably like forty thousand hits where we did a post on the top 20 financial mavens on Instagram to follow, and ultimately, it's it's content that's already created that you can just leverage. So you can leverage their bio, put their info in there, and then link out to their Instagram page, and then boom, now and then, okay, here's another SOP that you could do. You could have your um, virtual assistant email each one of the individuals that you added to the list, letting them know that you added them to the blog. Now you have 20 people that can go out that that are getting this, that are featured on a blog. When you're featured on a blog, what's the first thing you do? You share it on your social media, right? You're like, hey guys, I was featured on X, Y, and Z. So now you're getting all of this free organic
0: traffic back to your website. That's nuts.
1: Yeah, it's basically a compilation of when experts ask, like when when you ask a single question. So for you, you could do something like that on your blog, reach out to your top, your favorite 20, 25 designers and ask them one question and then have them, then link them all and then send them all an email letting them know that you will post them on the blog.
0: Hmm. Guys, I'm raising my, my
1: eyebrows. Yeah, man, high. It's a quick way to get massive traffic for free, like without spending a dollar, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I really like that. and This is so crazy, man, because like I talk about this all the time, leveraging other people's content on Instagram and just social media, it's a little bit easier, but I've never even thought about it in this capacity in terms of like blog. And I think this is a good, for everybody listening, this is a good marriage of understanding social but also understanding, like, how to rank and also leverage other content. But it, it, this gets into the conversation between social media and, like, actually having a footing and being searchable. You talk a lot about this, and I've seen very frequent posts about I told y'all about the Instagram. <laughs> uh, y'all out here trying to swim and, and fish One for likes. likes yeah, so... Can you give us a little bit a give us like a brief bit of that internal dialogue and what you what you consider worth your time? Even though you do both social and you have a good footing in in uh, in your searchability, what are your recommendations to those trying to get some uh, get a spotlight? Basically, is it everything? Is it which one comes first?
1: One would be, of course, the con- consistent content schedule. That's, that's the big piece. And then diversifying one piece of content. So I, I, th- I think that a lot of people create a lot of content, but they're not leveraging the con- their content in a way that'll make their job easier yeah. and, and not have to create as much. So you can create, let's say, a 10-minute video on your favorite design book. Let's say it's let's see what I got here. Universal Principles of Design, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you do a 10-minute, hey, I'm going to do a 10-minute recap of Universal Principles of Design. That's one piece of content. That you post on YouTube. Now yeah. you can take that video and um natively post it on Facebook. A lot of people yep. just share the YouTube link on Facebook, but again, you're not gonna get as much exposure because Facebook wants you to upload your video directly to their platform.
0: Right. So
1: now you have that one piece of content you use twice. Then third piece, post it in Facebook groups that you can, Webflow audiences, wherever you can that allow content like that, where you're just doing value-based content, you're not necessarily asking for anything and post it there. So that's three ways. Um, look on Quora and see if there's any questions mentioning, Hey, does anyone have a recap on universal principles of design? Sure. I did this video. Now that's another piece. Yeah. So diversifying that one piece of content. Now you don't have to create as many, but now you're breaking it up into different pieces. Now you have uh, snackable chunks for Twitter, right? You can take one to two sentences or three sentences, really tight tidbits from that and post that or schedule that on Twitter for the next couple months um so that's about maybe 6 or 7 pieces of content there then the next step is uh pushing that on instagram and any yep. platform that you that you feel like you can reach your audience best so that's the first way to do it to really diversify that one piece of content and get it disseminated on multiple platforms that way youtube is a search engine right so you don't even have to really do much work if someone searches for your content and they're looking for that specific thing in a couple of weeks you'll be able to rank and get organic views For free. So now you head back to your website and you put it on your website and host it there because that's one of the things that's a huge selling point for clients is creating an existing knowledge base on their website that people can always go back to to reference. Uh, That's one way to, to increase your exposure. The next way is to add yourself to Facebook groups and answer as many questions as you can. So make a daily task to answer one to two questions on five or six Facebook groups. So anytime- right, let's,
0: pause, let's pause right there. Cause that, that gets really time consuming. Is that a good use of your time or how can you build an SOP? Is that something that, do you do it yourself? Is that something you do no, no. yourself?
1: <laughs> no, so I, I, I do an SOP. So what I'll do is I'll do a search on that Facebook group cause you could search Facebook groups for people asking some type of specific question. So someone might ask, hey, what is your marketing funnel? So I'll take one of the funnels we have and post it there. And so I have a knowledge base of content that they can always go back to and reference. So if you don't have a ton of time, maybe do at least one per day. But when you answer that question, make sure it's detailed, it's descriptive. So spend maybe five or 10 minutes doing it and then leverage emojis or an image. So that
0: way in that comment stream, your content pops out against, your other, against others. So an SOP of that nature would have a list of common questions that somebody could refer to and be like, if there's this question, that question, or this other question, you then refer to this sort of knowledge. You copy paste that answer into the Facebook form, right? Exactly. All right, cool. All right, cool. That was that was a that was a good bit. Thank you for it. We just now need to recap right quick. The summary and bullet points is making sure that we le- first off leverage other questions Use other content that is actually live just to save time if that is an option. Second, how can we diversify that content? And I'm sure, sh- Let, let's pause there. How do you schedule your posts if, it, if it's social? Now, obviously, search is a little bit more complex, but do you use a program to schedule your content and so shoot out?
1: A couple things. One, I, I always batch content, so I'll, I'll create all of my content in one sitting. Because that's, I think, the issue that a lot of designers or individuals go through is, well, now I got to think of what I'm going to post today. So at the beginning of the month, or usually at the end of the month, the 25th, 26th, I'll prepare, I'll spend two or three hours preparing all that content for the next month. Now, I don't post every day. I post usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday on my my content-based stuff. And so I'll create um, all that content, put it in a Google Sheet, and have it ready to go. And then I'll give that to my virtual assistant, and they will go and schedule that in Hootsuite or they'll schedule it direct on the platform. Because a lot of times with Hootsuite or other platforms, you might miss some of that organic reach by using the third-party platform. And then you can have that individual schedule that ahead of time by the,
0: by the end of the month. So by the 31st, all the content for the next month is already ready to go. So to me, that just sounds like a, a three-step process. Number one is leverage or batch. Two is diversify the content uses. And three is like schedule it, if at all possible. Exactly, exactly. All right, cool. So what have we not touched on that you feel is highly important to anything we've talked about here, whether it's troubles you see with your because you work with 3,000 students and helping them build their agency. So in this context, what are like the main things you help them set up? Like what is like the one through five you have them work through in order to build this agency from absolutely anywhere? i've I've, so
1: the three thousand students i actually only have let me see not only but we have about 100 students in the web design studio accelerator but my course on udemy the first web design one i did about three years ago we had 1800 students so that course is still live it's still going um but i've I've allocated most of my resources and time to the web design studio accelerator because that web that that other course is almost automated so with with the um with the web design studio accelerator it's 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 essentially the breakdown of from A to Z in running a web design agency. For me, it's the most lucrative service because one, it helps you get your foot in the door with a client. Yeah. Two, you get to control the messaging, the design based on their input, based on what the industry is looking for, and the end client. I'm sorry, the end consumer. You get to create this aesthetic that can that can help them get more clients. And then with the web design, with the, with the web design as a um, as a service now i can offer additional services like hosting monthly updates uh, seo social media all these other aspects and yeah. so with the course it breaks down everything from a to z one being or a being why you still need a full website you know why you can't fully depend on social media because you know you're depending on a platform um the fundamentals of a website so all the things that a website needs and we unpack two or three websites to kind of break that down yeah. and then it goes into setting up your studio because a lot of designers are like well i don't want to have to develop the site i don't want to have to do this i don't want to have to do this so it's creating the checklist up for the web design that you need basically the sop um and then being able to hire a developer or a remote team at a low cost for your agency so let's say you get a web design project for 2500 you can out of the door be spend 500 out of pocket 600 out of pocket and then be able to use the rest to fund your business and fund other projects. And so it really teaches you the dynamic of hiring remote team members, um, how to set up our, we have a, like a 15 minute interview process in the beginning, and then we go in a deep dive. And then it talks about onboarding and managing that team using three, like really easy tools, Slack, Asana, Drive, which are all free. So it's, it's a really deep dive into the design and development in the next piece where we give you all the sketch files and all the design files to create your marketing agency style as well as how to conduct the brand discovery session, developing the brand. It's, it's, it's essentially everything. And then after you you're starting to run your, your agency, a lot of people have trouble with, okay, well, how do I get new clients? What do I do? How do I initiate that conversation? And so I jump into uh, the proposal that we've used, setting up case studies, which as you know is a, an extremely com- important component. Yes. And then how to do cold outreach, starting with a value based proposition and then getting your Google listing to rank. So that way you can see and get clientele for little to no cost, because me, man, I'm a bootstrapper. You know what I mean? I I like starting with nothing and turning into something tangible and profitable. So it's the entire process from invoicing and client agreements to setting up agency affiliates and, and everything in between. I know that was long winded. But, um, you know, you can happily share the link with your with your audience as well. And I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: Yeah, definitely. That was that was a great breakdown of of that course. So it, it really is from end to end, not just like, oh, this is how you build a website and this is how you position your agency. Exactly. Anyone it. can this do is. that. Right. Anyone could yeah. do.
1: Oh, let me build. a. It's, it's more so about, OK, what's the process once I onboard them and then what happens after? Because there are agencies do it. I'll tell you, there's so many agencies out there that build a website for a client and then they just poof the, the yeah. job is done and they're gone. Now, what you could do is you could say, Hey, I'll host this website for you. Boom. That's an extra 50, 60 bucks a month that you can make. Hey, yeah. we'll make one to two changes on your website per month. That's 150 $200. You can make extra month in passive income. Right? So it's, it's more so about creating a process and then being able to onboard clients and, and have a web development business that runs not necessarily on autopilot, but you're, you're essentially the, the founder or the, the director
0: of it and you're just delegating all these aspects i love that that's basically like the turnkey solution for how do i run and or build an agency so guys we're gonna have a lot of links in the show notes today as you're listening so definitely check them out i know if i had a younger self i would be all up in uh any anything that john has done because his accolades what he's built is extremely important. I'm looking into this stuff so I really highly recommend that you guys do it as well. So we have 3 minutes and I would love to use this time to either express any more about the mobile app you're creating or anything else you would just love to say to the the audience that we have here today.
1: Yeah. So nothing else to 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 really to really push in that way, you know, the the biggest advice that I can give to anyone that's just in, in marketing, in branding, in design is to just create as much value-based content as you can without the expectation of return. And so for me, it's really been, how can I create value? How can how could people see me as a thought leader in this space? And what's the best way that I can contribute what I know to the masses? And so I asked everyone to think of what they can give, what value they can give the audience and people that are looking for what you're looking for, because ultimately you might find someone that's in their beginning stages that gets information from you that literally becomes your advocate. Right. And so um, to wrap up, man, it's it's really just value based content, man. And anyone that I've seen that's been successful in this space and that's done well is, is, is well, I'm not going to say everybody, but there are a lot of people that are just providing so much free value and so much information out there that, you know, there's no reason you shouldn't implement and, and do these things. So that's, I, th- I think that's a good wrap up. That's a good wrap up. Oh, and, and check me out on IG. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so guys, everything that John here said today, just a quick recap of his recap. I don't want to outdo the man, but just because this is the end of the episode, I want to go make sure we go through everything that we've talked about. Remember, just ask. You can always ask make sure to to position yourself, network, spend time with the right people, make sure you build, just build shit, make sure you are putting or working on developing the skills that you need in order to build the future that you see for yourself. Make sure with content, even though we talked about that, make sure you leverage, batch, diversify your content uses and you schedule those things. We talked a lot about a lot more in detail about those things. So if you need any more on that just rewind the thing there's a button there's a back button for that all right and always finally always give value and make content or just show that you know your stuff figure out how you can do that so ladies and gentlemen that is it for this episode of design huddle do not forget to check out the links we have in the show notes and without further ado thank you John and we'll talk thank to you, you again.
1: Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.